Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Hang out at the Board of Supervisors meeting for a few weeks and listen to some of the public comments, and you'd think that the county was under siege, that economic forces were attacking, that the wine industry was tanking, and that no one had a place to live. The reality is that housing is being built, albeit slowly, that jobs are being created, that real growth, though not as robust as Sonoma and Marin, is solid, that housing values are holding steady and still have room to grow, and that wine prices are strong, and that Napa County's per capita income is the seventh highest in California. So what should we be worried about? As the county and soon the city of Napa look at their general and strategic plans, how can it encapsulate, adapt, and build on the current level of success? realizing that more than anything else, it really is the economy that will determine our future. Here to talk to me about this, I'm joined by Rob Eiler. Rob is the director of the Center for Regional Economic Analysis at Sonoma State University, where he's also an economics professor. He recently spoke to the County Board of Supervisors about some of these issues, and I invited him here to talk to us as we close out 2018 and move into a brand new year. Rob Eiler, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. As we look at the past year here in Napa County, overall, it seems that in terms of of the economy itself, housing, the wine industry, it's been a pretty decent year. That's correct. In general, I think Napa's continued to grow and the wine industry's uh, continuing to move forward. Last year with the fires, there was some concern about smoke taint. That seemed some of that talk seemingly has gone to the side. So, yeah, it's been a good year thus far. As it relates to certainly the fires, but as it relates in a broader sense to tourism and the hospitality industry here, talk a little bit about what are the signs that you see in that regard as far as Napa is concerned. Well, Napa, like a lot of other places in California, are subject or is subject to uh, multiple macro forces. And so if you think about where housing is going and just sort of where the local labor market is going, a lot of it really kind of depends on what happens with state and national economies. How dependent are we on the state economy overall? To what extent is is the wine country in the North Bay part of, of the Bay Area, to what extent are we sort of sui generis in some respects, and, and in what ways are we tied very much to what's going on economically in the state? It's a great question. So if, if Napa County and Napa Valley rely a lot on, let's say, the Bay Area economy or the state of California to deliver travelers and visitors as all, and also wine retail sales, it's, it's highly dependent. So the more, that the, the more that the state economy falters, the Napa Valley has a little bit more risk. The more that it continues to grow, the more it acts as sort of a bedrock for Napa County's wineries, uh, visitor support services, hotels, you name it. Uh, all that is good stuff in terms of the, of the state economy moving forward and having a decent forecast. And for right now, it has a pretty good forecast through the end of this decade. We hear a lot about regional considerations these days, and certainly we, we are part of, of the Bay Area, as you indicate, in so many respects. Talk about a regional approach to looking at these economic indicators. As we look at Napa, how important is it to look at Sonoma and Marin and some of our neighboring communities? It's important for two major reasons. One is that the housing markets are tied to each other and that people, I think, make an initial choice of whether or not they want to live in California. 
then they want to live in the Bay Area, then they want to live in the North Bay. And the North Bay itself is sort of its own regional housing market. And so on that, in that sense, the nature of how Sonoma County and Marin County move around with respect to prices and housing stock, Napa County is, is affected by that. Labor market's the same issue. Labor uh, labor's drawn from all three of these counties as well as Solano County. And in fact, you can make a case that Solano County may be marginally more uh, a factor on Napa County's economy than Sonoma or Napa. I'm oh, sorry, Sonoma or Marin. Mm-hmm. But between Sonoma and Solano counties, those are the two most important ones. And it's because of the ties between housing and labor markets. Mm-hmm. Talk about it in terms of growth, because we've seen, and, and you indicated when you talked to the board, that growth has been higher in Sonoma County and Marin County, higher, quite a bit higher than it's been in Napa County. Why, why are we seeing that? I think you're seeing that growth go, you know, quote-unquote higher, because those economies are slightly more dynamic and are, already, are not yet up against a natural constraint. I think what you're seeing in Napa County is that Napa County dealing with housing, labor shortage, land shortage, all those factors have now kind of played themselves out and taking Napa to a certain plateau. And Napa County now has to wrestle with where they want to go from here. Or in Sonoma County specifically, Marin County slightly different, but not by much versus Napa. But in Sonoma County, growth has continued to be a little bit faster, mainly because they have more room to grow uh, in terms of more more businesses, more uh Better industry mixes in terms of having wider breadth. Mm-hmm. Just provides more general engine to grow. Where Napa County has done very, very well in the two or three major engines it has, or sub engines, if you will, uh, in terms of you know serving the local economy, wine, and tourism. How serious should Napa County be looking at labor shortages? How much can that be an impediment to the continued growth of the county? As much as the county is dependent upon labor, uh, especially on the agricultural and, and the hospitality sides, it's important to see that marginal businesses, ones that are a little closer to the edge of, of not being profitable, are, are much more quickly affected by uh, an increase in wages or where a shortage of labor transmits itself into a higher labor cost regardless of whether or not you have to pay higher wages to the folks you already have and ask them to do more or you have to try to attract more labor to, to get as much productivity out of your business. So it's really on those marginal businesses. And wages can act like a regressive tax on business, where the ones that are already kind of lower profits or lower incomes uh, are the ones that are more affected by wage increases than the larger businesses, the ones that have a little bit more buffer. So that's the trick is, is how exposed Napa County businesses are to uh, an increase in wages that's not expected vis-a-vis their uh, expectations on revenue. Is it your sense that the labor shortages in Napa County have had an impact in terms of driving up wages so far? Is that something we could easily see in 2019? I think you're going to continue to see growth in 2019, specifically in the industries that are in Napa County, because you're going to have one, the minimum wage law is going to continue to, to move wages up. Second is that there's still going to be regional labor market pressure for wages to rise. So you're going to see some more pressure in 2019 for sure. And some of that exposure is already in the market. I showed those data at the County of Napa that you're seeing a little bit more movement, <coughs> excuse me, on the short end of the, or on the, on the lower end of the distribution, uh, which then starts to have an effect all the way up the distribution over time. So 2019 and 2020 is when we're likely going to see more pressure on wages show their face. Mm-hmm. 
Talk a little bit about housing and and you know the efforts and and you've certainly seen them all the efforts that are going on in Napa County right now to try and increase housing stock and the impact that might that might have in the next couple of years. Consternation and debate about how many units to build and where to build them and how to build them and so I think in in general we should expect more building. The issue is whether or not it keeps up with demand. So one of the things that people have asked me a lot is you know well let's say we build the housing and we build it where we think we're going to get back to where demand is going to be. One thing we don't have very good data on are the number of people that are sitting out there or is the number of people sitting out on the fringes waiting for a price contraction in Napa to try to come in because their their goal is to, is to live and stay in Napa County because of the allure and the, the you know sort of amenities around Napa County and in Napa County. We don't know that data very well. We think we, we know what the demand patterns are from the number of workers that commute in, the number of workers that are in Napa County, the number of the amount of de- demographic change that's taking place in terms of population growth. But what we don't know is how many people are willing to reallocate their lives from the greater Bay Area to Napa County if more housing was built or if housing prices fell or both. That's, that's where the real trickery happens, that we, we have to think that supply and demand forces are happening simultaneous with each other, not one then been getting the other. And is there any way in which regional transportation discussions impact this broader issue, because there's really, first of all, it takes so long before anything is ever done on the transportation front, and it doesn't seem that the the political will is there to really address that in a profound way. Well, there's multiple angles on that for Napa County. So in Sonoma County, for example, the widening of 101 has been a decades-long process, and there's a lot of concern that even once the third lane is in, is going all the way from Sonoma County to the Golden Gate Bridge minimum, in terms of having a minimum of three lanes, that all that's going to do is redistribute traffic and really not alleviate any of the issues. For Napa County, if you widen 29 and made it two lanes between St. Helena all the way down to American Canyon and really to Solano County, would that matter given the current demand conditions in Napa, or would you just simply fill both lanes the whole way, uh, and, and traffic might move marginally a couple minutes faster, but in five or ten years it won't matter. I don't, see, I don't see any kind of mass transportation change happening in Napa County in the next ten years. And like you say, no matter what idea you may have, it's still going to take a long time. You're probably going to see some other debates about widening Highway 37, which potentially moves, a little, moves people a little bit more quickly across east-west. Right. But even that's still probably five or ten years from happening. What should Napa be watching in Solano County that, that could have a direct impact on the economy here? The two major items in Solano County that, that should be watched in Napa County are the amount of where is the amount of warehousing, part one, the amount of warehousing that is likely to uh, pop up for the wine industry and or the supply chain partners that may move to Solano County because the cost of doing business in Solano County is marginally lower than doing business in Napa, but that Napa County businesses will basically feed off of those businesses and move those, that income out of Napa County to those suppliers. The second is labor. The more that Napa County cannot find local labor and Solano County's communities pop up at potential places where Napa County workers live and commute into Napa County, the more pressure that puts on Napa County in terms of being exposed to wage growth um, and not being able to internally control it in terms of the cost of living. So those, 
those are two kind of the classic interactions between Solano and Napa counties. And I don't see that changing much, but I think Solano County, which has been doing a lot of great economic development work over the last five or seven years, is seeing more and more opportunities in Napa as Napa gets more constrained. Talk about what that economic development looks like that Solano County is doing. They're mainly concentrating on uh, what you think of as targeted industries. Part of that is the wine industry and agricultural supply chain. So cork companies, barrels, glass, labeling, um, trucking, warehousing, all that sort of the, the rings around the vineyard and the winery and being able to, in a sense, provide those services 10 to 12 miles away, uh, that they've been, they've been trying to do that for some time. And they, and they seem to be headed in the right direction. Uh, other things they've been doing is focusing on science. So they have a little bit more um, aerospace and biotechnology mm-hmm. in Solano County than other places in, in the North Bay. Uh, and they've been trying to diversify in that sense, too. When we look at the changing demographics of Napa County and the fact that the county continues to get older, what does that bode for, for economic indicators? It means we have to be very careful to make grand claims based on the normal indicators because Napa County may become more of a place where people are earning incomes that are not classic payroll jobs and are more self-employed or contractors that see themselves as moving to Napa County in quasi-retirement, but they want to keep something that looks like a self-employed or very small number of employees corporate business in play. So you might have income in the case of a normal retiree that's purely based on some pension system income or some savings, whereas Napa ages, we may see productivity levels and income levels higher than a normal, you know, quote unquote, retirement community, given the age profile. And that's because there's a lot of people that have are of classic retirement age in Napa over time, but are still working. So that's the key is really trying to decipher from the data and those economic indicators what, what's really going on in Napa, which means you've got to look at a lot of them. You have to look at sales. You have to look at the types of sales that are taking place in terms of retail. You have to look at uh, incomes and the breadth of incomes and the types of businesses. And a lot of that stuff, as economists, uh, frankly, we don't follow as well as we could. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have not done a good job of adjusting to a new type of economy yet. One of the things that we hear so much of in Napa County is the proliferation of second homes here. How does that directly impact economic growth and the economic base of the county? Well, if those second homes are what otherwise might home a family and or at least a working, uh, a working focused on work in Napa County as a working household, those things mean that you're displacing what otherwise would be a productive unit. And if the reason you have a second home in Napa is basically to come there and relax and kind of enjoy wine country, you're basically shifting work and what an economist might call the multiplier effect of that productivity to pure retail sales. And so that there are communities, especially ones that are seen as more tourism and and maybe more retirement communities. Palm Springs is a good one to Mm -hmm. think about where you have people that have, you know, a, a home in which they do not occupy year-round, but when they go there, they basically become an increase in consumption. So those types of homes can support a wide variety of retail environments, restaurants, retail, and other amenities where you're basically just consuming, but may not support as many jobs at the higher wage levels going forward. And that's really the big twist in communities where you have a lot of people that live 
either seasonally or what they use their home for now is rental in a short-term way where basically the occupant has the same idea that they're just there to, to basically be on vacation. Mm-hmm. Is there anything Napa County should be doing to to make the economy more robust, more stable, less subject to to some of these dangers that we've been talking about? It's 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 a great question. You could even say it's the sixty four dollar question for economic development in Napa County. Ten, twelve years ago, Napa County made a long term bet that it's it's a place where you're going to come for wine, uh, hospitality. And basically, those two injury industries were going to be the bedrock upon which Napa County would grow, and it and it did it's performed spectacularly. Uh, over time, you have to think about more diversity. So when Day Pharmaceutical, for example, left their facility, and Napa County did not put a big press on, on trying to bring in another scientific business into a space that was built for science, uh, it it made you understand that there really was not any policy reason for economic diversity in terms of the industry mix, but that does expose you to risk in the sense that more balanced economies tend to navigate through recession a little bit more cleanly, but a lot of that depends on how bulletproof your industries are locally to recession. The wine industry and hospitality have shown themselves to not be amazingly bulletproof to recession. So if there's one thing that Napa County can do is maybe reinvigorate conversation and action around economic diversity, specifically towards science, that can feed off of other parts of the Bay Area where that life science is probably the number one. Is that tougher to do in a place like Napa County with the transportation problems that we talked about earlier and limited access to major highways? So it's another great question. It is, it's tricky to know because the, the kind of the unknown in it all is the housing stock. So if you say to yourself, okay, what I'd like to do is I'd like to attract, retain, and expand a 250 to 500 person biotech business is the idea that the preponderance of those workers will live work and kind of, if you want to say it this way, play in Napa County where the regional transportation links are not as important because most of their daily work is going to be science related and may or may not include a manufacturing facility on the front end where you need logistics, warehousing and other things that, Napa County may not easily provide specific to something other than the wine industry in the short run. It's possible to see that as a vision of a way of of engaging in that diversity I talked about earlier. Uh, But you're correct that if I have to attract people from outside Napa County, the more the regional transportation links become clogged, the the more the commute times become uh, an issue for me as an employer, the less likely you're going to attract uh, a business that relies on a eight to five schedule, 500 people and moving regionally to, uh, to clear your labor market needs. It, it makes it that much more tricky on the margin and hence a little trickier to make that decision to locate in Napa. And are those decisions then easier? And, and, you know, we talked about Solano County. It's easier, it seems, for those areas to engage in this kind of economic development because of the, the easier access that they have. Uh, certainly, and also the size. Uh, Solano County is a very diverse economy with uh, a, a very diverse geography and, de- and demography. So they have uh, a little bit more flexibility where Napa County doesn't have as much. Uh, so not only is it size, but also just the other parts of Solano County just happen to be more diverse than Napa. In terms of economic development in these areas that we're talking about, Rob, 
there seems to be, particularly as as you talk about it, almost competition between Napa, Sonoma, Solano counties in terms of economic development. Is that the case? And would a more regional approach to some of these issues or more regional cooperation be beneficial to all? Would that would that tide lift more boats? It, it could. One of the biggest problems with that is because there's competition over government revenue derived from some of these industries. It's very hard for municipalities to walk away from that under a regional situation unless they felt like that the regional give and take made them better off. And just like international agreements, uh, a regional cooperative agreement needs to provide sort of net benefits for all members. So if you think about how the recent evolution of NAFTA into this USMCA agreement takes place, all three components, Solano, Sonoma, and Napa County, just as a hypothetical, would have to see net benefits for themselves after everything's said and done to go into a regional cooperative mode. Uh, and the first stop would be what happens to government revenue if, for example, we're sharing TOT or we're reducing our footprint of hotel space and concentrating it some other place that might be able to do more business. What are we going to get that in a regional allocation that we couldn't do ourselves? And staying in command of that regionally, especially for elected officials, is a little more appealing than handing it off to a regional body, especially when it comes down to dollars and cents. And so regionally, we've done pretty good on joint powers agreements and other kind of quasi-regional cooperative efforts. But when the money actually starts to hit the cash register and the, the elected officials are looking at their books, especially in a post-fire world where property taxes are still affected from the fires uh, 14 months ago. Uh, it's going to be trickier and trickier to do that in the short term. And how sensitive are we, when I say we, Napa County, but the North Bay in general, to, to the ups and downs of the tech industry these days in San Francisco and in Silicon Valley? The main ways that uh, the North Bay is exposed is on the continued flow of tourism from those areas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I've been asked is if a, rec- if a recession were to begin, let's say in the next 18 months, uh, which you're hearing a lot of slow rumblings about, even though the data are very, very mixed on whether or not that'll be the case. Uh, a slowdown in the Bay Area would certainly slow down spending in the North Bay under the assumption that the North Bay relies on the greater Bay Area as a foundational base of um, uh, of tourism on a regular basis. So that would be the first place you'd see. You'd see TOT drop, you'd see sales tax revenue drop, or at least drop the growth rates. Uh, if you saw the Bay Area have some kind of contraction. That's probably the primary way in which uh, Napa and Sonoma County specifically are exposed to what goes on in the Bay Area. Others is that there are people that live in Napa and Sonoma County that have jobs in the Bay Area. And if there were to be a jobs contraction, you might see some households become unemployed locally because of regional economic problems. Rob Eiler, I thank you so much for spending time and sharing so much of this information with us. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.